Hey, 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 my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hi, my friend. Welcome to episode 135, Three Lies About Grief. It has been a minute since I've been here, and I'm so excited to be back with you here on the podcast. Yay! (laughs) I hope you're as excited as I am. There's been so much that's happened in the last, oh, it's been like six months, six months since I've recorded a podcast. Lots of things going on. We are busy, busy, busy getting the True Hope Club off the ground. That is happening very soon. We have an anticipated launch date of January 20th. There's lots of technology involved in doing something like that, and it has taken us a little bit to get that all together. I'm also really excited about doing a coach training. I have a program that I developed that has been so effective in helping my clients move through their grief, move to a place where they feel more empowered, healthier, and more optimistic about their future. And I am going to be doing a training for coaches starting in February. If you're someone that has an interest in being trained as a grief coach and getting all the information that then you can use in your practice in any way that you uh, feel is appropriate for your clients, you can get more information by emailing me, julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. I'd be happy to send you that information. So lots and lots of things going on. I've been doing a lot of webinars. Hopefully you're following us on Facebook or Instagram. We always make announcements about upcoming webinars there. That's the the best place to see that information. And if you go to the website, buildalifeafterloss.com and you're on our mailing list, you will also get those reminders that a webinar is coming up. Sometimes these webinars are put together very quickly as far as responding to requests and and uh, having an opportunity to have a discussion. We had a great webinar last week that was very much a, a last minute, you know, invitation to people to join me live. And wow, what a great discussion we had. So many comments, so many questions. And it was, it was a wonderful webinar to be on. And we just did one this week on how to navigate grief in the holidays. In fact, I'll, I'll probably be doing a a special podcast episode on that exact topic coming up. But I also did a episode on grief during the holidays back in 2019. I believe it was end of November, beginning of December. So you can look for that one too on the website at buildalifeafterloss.com. But lots going on, lots going on, you know, lots going on with our family, lots going on with the, with build a life after loss lots of fun adventures. We've had company recently. That's been a lot of fun. We've been getting more and more settled in our new home, which you heard me talking about moving into that last year. And we did a lot of remodeling and we still have a little bit more remodeling to do. But anyway, it's an exciting time. Today, I wanted to talk about three common misunderstandings that can cause us so much pain. Lies 
And, and I, I boldly called this lies about grief because they are lies. And when we, when we believe lies, it literally makes us weak, like physically, emotionally, in every way it makes us weak. It has been shown that our muscles weaken with lies. So if you, you can have somebody, what they call muscle test, you can see this demonstrated on YouTube. I know Jack Camfield had a video about this where he brought someone on stage and he had them hold out their arm and he tried to push their arm, arm down and he couldn't. But then he had them say somebody else's name. So my name is Julie. So let's say I said, my name is Lisa. That would weaken my arm. And he, he was able to easily easily push their arm down. It weakened their muscles so that they weren't able to resist when he went to push their arm down after he asked them to say a name that wasn't theirs. And when you say, when you say your name, I am, you know, if I say my name is Julie, then my arm stays strong. So lies literally weaken us. And that's why it's so worth it to search for truth and live in truth. So the first lie that I want to share with you is that time heals all wounds. And there's there's an element of truth here. There's an element of truth because of course time is needed in in healing. My daughter recently broke her wrist. It was a pretty severe break. It was a, a, a true break. And she had to have surgery and she had to have a plate put in her wrist and it is going to take time. But it's also going to take effort. She can't just sit and wait for it to heal because if she does that, it's not going to heal properly. She needs to go to the physical therapist. She needs to exercise it. She needs to move it in certain ways for the best healing results. So time is not the only thing needed. When we hear time heals all wounds, we are encouraged to just wait it out. We're encouraged to sit and wait for things to get better. And when it doesn't, it feels even worse because you're convinced there's something wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it truly requires good, helpful information for us to heal properly, whether that's emotionally or physically. Someone wrote recently, and I I read this, and I, I just want to share this thought with you and share my response to it. This is what they wrote. Here's what I know. Pain will be there until it loosens. This will happen on its own. There is nothing you can do to make that happen. Little by little, of its own accord, pain and love will find new pathways. Okay, let me just talk about this. This is this is a quote from somebody who is well-respected in the grief community, and they have a pretty good following. And I respect their comment because I, I do believe that this is probably their belief. But when I look at this, when I look at this statement, this will happen on its own. There is nothing you can do to make that happen. I I cannot agree with that. I cannot agree with that because in my own experience with healing and my experience with working with others, I, I see that it does take new information, new education, new ways of thinking new ways of thinking that helps us to shift our feelings. 
Our thoughts are very, very powerful, and we can't think ourselves out of grief. But when we have new thoughts, when we have new understanding, when we get education around our experience, we're able to make shifts that we're not able to make without that. We do not live in a vacuum. Every day we're receiving messages. And if we're not intentional about the messages that we're receiving, and if we're not intentional about the way that we're using our thoughts, it can cause us so much pain. In fact, next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about that specifically. And this idea that time heals all wounds and that we just need to wait it out is what has caused us as a society to think that post-traumatic growth happens by accident. That we heal. Some people are lucky and they heal and some people aren't lucky and they don't heal. But in reality, it has so much to do with your intention on healing. Again, I'm going to I'm going to clarify this a little more with a, with another myth. So the next two, these next two lies are particularly interesting because they contradict each other. They absolutely contradict each other. And it's so fascinating. So maybe you've heard people say, this is the second one, just get over it. You know, that's a lie too. We don't just get over it. We can't coerce ourselves. We can't force ourselves. We can't shove ourselves into feeling better. It takes so much more than that. As I was working, even with a client today, in fact, this came up and we were talking about her healing journey, which is, which has gone on for years. Like so many of us have, uh, have experienced so much pain in childhood or early experiences that it takes it takes a lot of effort and time to rework and to reestablish that um, that place where we feel good. As I asked her about her own journey, and I asked her, you know, what do you think has helped you? Because she was talking about how much how much hope she had in her life. Now we've been working together for oh, probably. 12, 14 weeks, something like that. She was talking about how much more hope she had in her life, how much more she felt encouraged, how, how much easier it was for her to go from a place of, you know, during a day or a week when she, when she did have these times of feeling down, that how much easier it was for her to bring herself through that and get to a place of feeling better. And all evidence of healing, all evidence of healing, when we, when we become so aware of our own thoughts and feelings that we're able to, able to really sit with and be compassionate with where we are and able to use the tools and the skills that we've learned to bring ourselves to a better place in that moment or in that day or in that week. And and it's not about coercing ourselves. It's not about forcing ourselves. It's about being compassionate about where we are and sitting in that compassion so that we're not creating more pain for ourselves, but also knowing what to do. What to do. Where am I creating more pain for myself because of the way that I'm thinking or feeling. And 
All these things, all these different things create so much the skills and the tools and the understanding give us so much power in our own life that we don't have to sit back and be at the effect of what's happened, but we can actually take action. We can, we can put forth some effort. Again, not in a way that we're forcing ourselves or shoving ourselves into feeling better, but in an empowering way where we can love ourselves and show ourselves that love and compassion that even that just helps us feel so much better immediately. But it's not about just getting over it, is it? You know that. I know that. We all know that. So that there's not truth there. And a lot of times that's a message that we hear a lot. And, and we feel very, very resistant to that idea because it's not about just getting over it. As I work with people, it's really fascinating because I'll, I'll work with somebody that their loss has been a long time ago and they've been kind of in this place of just stuck in this in this low-grade despair, this low-grade hopelessness where it's it's felt so stagnant for so long that they're not sure that it can get better. And I talk to people in that that feel like they're in that place very, very often. And as we work together, it's amazing how quickly with new information and good effort information, with compassion and love and hope, they're able to start moving. They're able to start moving through that and get off the stuck train and move on to the progress train. It's not about getting over it. It's about progress. Okay. This third lie is particularly painful. And that is that you will grieve forever. Another way that this is stated is you just have to learn to carry the pain. I read an article uh, in a well-established grief blog recently, and it continued to legitimize this idea of grieving forever. And I'm going to read a part of what was said. And, and I want you to pay attention to how this feels. Okay, here's what it said. I will grieve for a lifetime. There is no bow, no fix, no solution to my heartache. There is no end to the ways I will grieve. The bleeding will never stop. When you hear those words, how do you feel? For me, just reading those words, I mean, it is painful to speak those words out loud to you. But just reading those words, when I read those words, they're beautiful words. They're well-crafted. But when I read those words, it makes me feel so heavy and hopeless. I literally want to cry when I read those words. And I think about the hundreds and maybe thousands of people reading those words that are being told by somebody who has experienced grief that there is no hope that is despair. And I respectfully reject the idea of lifelong grief. I, I feel like we need to redefine grief. When I think of grief, I think of that 
overwhelming sadness that just never leaves, that just hangs around like a dark cloud. And I choose a different way. I've found a different way. Because when we choose to practice the idea that our grief will never stop, it never stops. And why? Because we've closed the door to healing. Because we've chosen to stop any possible progress. But when we choose hope, and I choose hope, I choose healing. I know it's a choice because I've experienced the power of that choice. And I've seen the power of that choice as I've worked with people. It is remarkable what people are able to accomplish when they choose hope. It is remarkable. Truly, truly remarkable. Hope opens the door of possibilities and healing. And so you have to ask yourself, what do you choose? What do you choose? Do you choose hope? Do you choose possibility? Do you choose progress? Or does that door feel shut? When we think that we have to carry our pain forever, it is extremely disempowering. And that lie makes us weak. It makes us weak. And it doesn't matter where you are on the path. Our lives are complex. We as people are complex. And when we wake up and we're having a bad day, there's no easy answer. But when we have good information, when we have tools, when we've developed skills to help us, to, to feel that compassion for ourselves and to know what to do, to know how to sit in love for ourselves, how to move through our emotions and our experiences. I find it fascinating that when we have good experiences and when we feel uplifted and enthusiastic and excited about something or we're having fun, We don't necessarily expect those, what we would call good feelings, to last forever. Why is it that we feel like the bad, I'm I'm doing air quotes, you can't see my air quotes, but I'm doing air quotes. Why is it that we expect our bad feelings to last forever? Why is that? It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Our feelings, our emotions, our energy and motion They are meant to be in motion. And as we work through them, we receive clues on how to move forward in our healing and in our rebuilding. I hope that you will join us at Build a Life After Loss on Facebook and Instagram. These are great places to get the latest information. And I love to go live there and talk to you guys and share things that are inspiring to me and that I I hope will be inspiring to you as well. You can also visit us at buildalifeafterloss.com for today's show notes and all the links to the important stuff. The thing that I am so excited about right now is the True Hope Club. And like I said, we have an opening date of January 20th. This is a place, it's an online place of support for right where you're at and hope for your future, despite how different it may be from what you imagined. 
and rebuilding your tomorrow to be a place of happiness and purpose. Come join us and step courageously into the path of emotional healing. You can get on the wait list today at buildalifeafterloss.com slash list. This is going to be an amazing place for learning and applying that the important thing is that you apply what you're learning, that you, you integrate what you're learning into your day, into your life. So you can get the very most out of what you're experiencing. You guys have a wonderful week. And remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.